seated. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I was never a big fan of homework, and so I'm a little bit hesitant to say what I'm going to tell you right now, which is just repeating what Martin Luther tells us in the large catechism. He says that baptism, in baptism, every Christian has enough to study for his or her whole life. In other words, in baptism, it's like you have homework for life. No, that doesn't sound very good. Let's try again. In baptism, it's like you have this treasure chest. You have this bottomless treasure chest. And the more you dig in, the deeper you go, the more you find that there are gifts in there for you from God. What he has accomplished for you in this gift of baptism is never ending. The more that we ponder it, the more that we meditate upon it, the more we're just in awe of all that God gives. In the catechism, it says that we receive through holy baptism forgiveness of sins, deliverance from death and the devil, and eternal life and salvation for all who believe this. You start to think about that. How, how could that be? He said with the kids, it's not a matter of some supernatural water. We didn't have to import it from Israel or anything like that. It's that God's word combined with the water gives us this treasure trove of gifts. So what I want to do this morning is to ponder some of the gifts that God gives to us. We could go through all of them, try as we might, but we wouldn't have the time today. I want to think about three of these gifts in particular. And I was kind of inspired by this uh, with a conversation that we had in Bible study a couple of weeks ago. Our old friend, a Michigander, Stevie Wonder, came up. And so with apologies to Stevie Wonder, I want to talk about how in holy baptism we are signed, sealed, and delivered. And if you tempt me, I might start singing it, so I'm going to try not to. In baptism, we are signed, sealed, and delivered. Let's take those piece by piece. First of all, in holy baptism, you are signed, signed by the name of God. In this world, in this life, we're given all sorts of names. You have the name that your parents give to you, but it seems like just as often the names that seem to stick are the names that other people give to you. Sometimes it's just a nickname. Sometimes it's something friendly and you really appreciate it, you value it, you cherish it. But so many of the names that you and I receive and that we harbor and that stick in our hearts like a splinter that won't go away are the ugly names, the things that people have said about you and that you've come to believe about yourself. That you're too tall, you're too short, you're too fat, you're too skinny, you're too dumb, you're too smart, you're not enough this, you're not enough that. We get all sorts of names, and they tend to stick to us. We all know that one of the uh, worst lies that's ever been told is that sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. If only that were true. Each and every one of us receive words against us, names are given to us, sometimes can make us feel so, so small. But in holy baptism, you are given a new name. In our Old Testament reading, the prophet Isaiah said, the Lord says through Isaiah, I have called you by name. You are mine. When you passed through the waters, 
You were branded, signed with the triune name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That is the name that defines you. That's the name that identifies you. The fact that you belong to Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that you belong to Him, no matter what the world might say, no matter what you might believe about yourself, His name is what defines you. The fact that you are signed by Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's so important, in fact, that we have to repeat it and recite it each and every week when we gather for worship. We gather for worship and we start with what we call the invocation, the calling upon the name of God. You say, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Why do we do that? It's a remembrance of who and whose we are. Being reminded, I belong to God. And when we send you at the end, it's with what we call the benediction, the blessing, the Lord bless you and keep you, and so forth. In the book of Numbers, where that benediction comes from, God says, say this to my people, and so place my name upon them. You have been signed with the name of the triune God. That's who you are. No matter how the world would define you or identify you, you're baptized. That is your fundamental your most essential name, signed by God, the way an artist signs his masterpiece. So that's one gift, one way of, of thinking about what we receive in baptism. You are signed by the name of God. But you're not only signed, you're sealed. Well, sealed in, in what sense? We see it in that account of Jesus' own Baptism, the thing that all the gospel writers that really stands out to them, that all of them want to mention about the baptism, isn't about John or where the baptism was held or anything like that, how much water was involved. The thing that they all make note of is who or what came down from heaven when Jesus was baptized. And it's the Holy Spirit. That in, holy, in his own baptism, the Holy Spirit alighted Jesus for, on Jesus for the benefit of all those who were there to see that this one is filled with the Holy Spirit. And when you were baptized, you were sealed by the Holy Spirit. You were claimed by God and he said, boom, this one is mine. In the ancient world, when they had an important letter to send, they might put some wax over the opening of the envelope. And then they would take a, a signet ring and impress it upon the wet wax. And that was a message to everyone who would get that envelope. First of all, that it, if it were not open, you could tell that it wasn't tampered with, that the goods inside were still safe. And secondly, it goes back to the first thing that we said, that this person is signed, that this document is signed, authorized by the sender. In baptism, you have been sealed with the Holy Spirit. It tells the world, it tells your soul, it tells Satan, this one belongs to me. Don't tamper with it. Just like you have on the top of your orange juice or your pills, you know, that has the covering on it, it says, uh, if, if this has been broken, then you know that it's been tampered with. You have been sealed with the Holy Spirit so that you can't be tampered with by the evil one because you belong to the Savior. And that you have been signed by his name. You have that authorization of the love of God upon your heart. You are signed. You are sealed. And when you are sealed, you're also given this promise from God. Scripture says that the Holy Spirit comes to you and me as a kind of down payment, as a foretaste, an anticipation of what is yet to come. When Christ comes again, 
when we receive his kingdom in full, then we will know the glories of, of his peace and his love. Already you are sealed for that day. You are signed by his name. And finally, you are delivered. The catechism says you are delivered from death and the devil. You are delivered from all of those ancient foes. Think back to the Old Testament story of the crossing of the Red Sea. That when the Israelites came through the Red Sea, what happened as a result of that passage? For one thing, they're no longer in slavery, right? They have been freed from their slavery to Egypt. They are no longer bound to Pharaoh and to his armies that would come after them. They no longer have to live in fear of everything that pursued them up to that point. Now they have a new identity as the people of God. They have a new freedom as the children of God. When you pass through those waters of holy baptism, you too were delivered, not from Pharaoh and his armies, but you were delivered from devil. You were delivered from the power of sin. And you were delivered from the fear of death. Fear of death may yet be the most potent fear of all, isn't it? But you have died in baptism, and now death is not something for you to fear. A few years ago, a movie came out called The Revenant. Any of you guys see this? Okay, it won like best picture, so it was worth seeing. Leonardo DiCaprio. It's based on a true story, actually, a true story of a mountain man in the 19th century, a guy by the name of Hugh Glass. And Hugh Glass got mauled by a grizzly bear. I won't get into the details. It wasn't good. But after that happened, his uh, people who were with him gave him an early grave. While he was still alive, they buried him. Except Hugh Glass didn't die. He survived. He crawled out of the grave and through some extraordinary circumstances managed to sustain his life. Then in the movie, because this is Hollywood and Hollywood loves revenge movies, this became his goal, to find justice, to, to find revenge. This is not a good Christian goal. Let me just remind you of that, okay? But there's this powerful moment in the movie that just jumped out at me. Hugh Glass, he has survived this incredible ordeal, an attack from a grizzly being buried alive. He's come out of it, and he's talking to a guy about now he wants to see justice done. Now he wants to pursue those guys who buried him alive, that he might find them. And his friend says to him, what are you thinking? Why would you do that? You came so close to death before, and now you're going to go back out there, and you're going to be killed. And Hugh Glass says this. He says, I'm not afraid to die. I did that already. And I heard that and I thought, that's baptism. See, you and I don't need to fear the grave because you have died already. You have been joined to Christ, just as Paul said in our epistle lesson. You have been joined to Christ through his death and resurrection. You have died already, been buried with him, so that now as you look forward, even to your death in the grave, you know that it has no power over you because you belong to Christ. You need not fear 
death. You have died already. These are just some of the gifts, the treasures that we have in this never-ending treasure trove that God gives to us in baptism. You are signed. You are sealed. You are delivered. And God speaks over you the way he spoke over Christ Jesus. You are my beloved son. You are my beloved daughter. With you, I am well pleased. The Father says that over you. Did you know that? Sometimes we get this impression, well, I know that God puts up with me. I know that he loves me. I'm not sure that he likes me or that he's pleased with me. But hear this now. The Father speaks this word over you too. You are my beloved child. With you, I am well pleased because you are signed sealed and delivered you're his amen may the peace of god that surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in christ jesus amen we stand to sing